Once upon a time, or maybe twice, there was an unearthly paradise called Pepperland. Eighty thousand leagues beneath the sea it lay, or lie, I'm not too sure. That was the opening music to Yellow Submarine, released in 1968 by United Artists, and starring none other than The Beatles, and a menagerie of bizarre and strange creatures. And you're, yes. listening, <laughs> and you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews at www.classicmoviereviews.net. And uh, you can find us on iTunes. Just search for Classic Movie Reviews or on Facebook. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from Victor, Idaho today. I'm on vacation visiting family. And later this afternoon, we're going into Jackson, Wyoming to poke around and maybe do a little shopping and yesterday we did a hike into the Tetons so it's been a great great trip so far wow I'm uh, Bob Johnson and I'm uh, in Los Angeles and very jealous of uh, of you being in the uh, Teton Yellowstone Park Jackson area that is incredibly beautiful it really is I mean there's nothing quite like the Teton mountain range kind of breathtaking it's a, it's a little unfortunate right now because there's so many forest fires happening Yes, the, the air is so filled with smoke that it's hard to to see the mountains sometimes. Well, I wish you a really wonderful day and a great trip. You couldn't pick a more perfect place to go. It's so relaxing here. Yeah, it's great. And while and while I was here, I watched Yellow Submarine, which took me to a completely different place. Oh, I love the opening of it to where uh, I was reading about it, and it's a. And this is the sentence: Yellow Submarine. Is a 1968 British animated musical fantasy comedy film inspired by the music of the Beatles. That really says it all. I mean, fantasy is uh, an understatement. It's great. I was thinking about it this morning. It's kind of like uh, these little vignettes with the music and the animation strung together with uh, a very loose narrative that doesn't make a lot of sense, but you don't really care because once the music starts... Man, those segments are, are fantastic. Yes, I, I was wishing for more, although I think there are, I think I have this right, there are eight original songs in the film and three new ones, so there are 11 uh, musical interludes, should we say. It's, it's a wonderful uh, film if you just want to take a little trip. Yeah, if you if you like the Beatles, you, you, if you don't like the Beatles, you're probably definitely not going to like this movie, but if you like the Beatles... This movie is a lot of fun, and I and I mentioned last time that I'd seen it in the theater, and I was pretty young when I saw it in the theater. I think mom took us, and I just remember feeling so confused about what was happening, but but still enjoying it because of all the goofy things that were happening on screen. The, the couple of things that I liked about it: one is the colors, the rainbow colors. They're just everywhere and it kind of reminded me of different segments on monty python oh totally the animation style yeah i like the animation style and uh it it sure is a lot different than snow white i mean it's not technically as good as snow white i don't think but they did do some interesting things that you know where they would mix some almost live action with yes. the animation 
and it, it wasn't like that it was it was film because I think they still were animating it in in a way. It it, it almost looked like they ran off uh, photographs in a photocopier and sort of layered them together and and animated them because it was very sort of graphic and and high contrast. And and there was a lot of different animation styles. There was some rotoscoping, like in Lucy Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. That was one of my favorite scenes and musical parts because they had these beautifully animated, almost uh, rotoscoped, I think, scenes of people dancing. And I really enjoyed that. A little bit of background on the film. It had uh, a couple of directors, one for live action and one for the animation. And I remember on one of those short documentaries that you sent to me, the animation director talked about how he first met the uh, Beatles when he went up to Abbey Road to kind of discuss the movie. And once they started talking about it, he really got excited about the idea of combining their music with uh, sort of a surreal fantasy story. I was surprised at how small the budget was for it. In in uh, oh, what was the budget? In uh, nineteen sixty eight dollars, it was two hundred fifty thousand pounds, which I don't have that converted, but it was probably about six hundred thousand dollars at the time. It made a lot more than that, I believe. I couldn't find a figure on box office, and it was released by United Artists, like you said. And I I put together just a brief list of the context of the times in 1968 when this film came out. If I could take just a second, I'll highlight about six or eight of them. 68 was a monumental year in so many ways. In January of that year, uh, we had a naval ship that was captured by North Korea, and they held held it for 11 months. It was the USS Pueblo. In that same month, North Vietnam, North Vietnam launched their big Tet Offensive, which really had an impact on the whole perception in the U.S. of the war. President Johnson that month announced he wouldn't run for a second term as president. Uh, no, that was in April. I'm sorry, that was in April. And in April, Martin Luther King Jr. was murdered in Memphis. In June, Robert Kennedy was murdered in Los Angeles. In December, the Apollo 8 moon mission circled the moon. It was the first time people had done that. Plus, the women's movement was gaining momentum. Vietnam protests were increasing. And it was the first early years of the equal rights legislation and Medicare. And one other footnote, I was a Senator Eugene McCarthy delegate in Colorado, and we got trounced by Robert Kennedy. (laughs) (laughs) It was quite a year. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a political overtone to the movie, like at the very beginning when Submarine is coming out of uh, Pepperland and kind of arrives in London, and it's all black and white and dreary. Yes. And and, and they're ta- the, the song All the Lonely People is playing. You just get this like sense of uh, oppression and 
and uh, dreariness, and it was almost kind of like a apocalyptic vision of what life was like. All the lonely people, where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? Such a contrast between that, which was supposed to be sort of like the real world, London, and, and surrounding areas, and then when they get in the submarine and head to Pepperland, how colorful and, and bizarre it was. I agree. I, to me, when I, I had not watched this before. This was my first viewing, uh, which surprised me. I would have thought I would have gone to it in 1968, but I didn't. Um, I think, the, I think the, the, the movie is kind of an escape from all the things I just listed and, and much more. I don't think now, even in my mind, I, I, I just don't have the intensity that I felt in the 60s uh, about Vietnam, uh, the civil rights movement, and that kind of thing. But at that time, I think this would have been an outstanding way to just go and enjoy a fun, colorful movie with a lot of great music. I don't, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge, like, Beatles historian or anything like that but this was a period of time when they were doing a lot of really experimental type music and music that was a lot different than things that they had done before like yellow submarine for instance in the town where i was born lived a man who sailed to sea and he told us of his life in the land of submarines so we sailed onto the sun till we found the sea of green and we lived beneath the waves in our yellow submarine we all live in a yellow submarine and I think it fits perfectly in with them sort of evolving as creative people. You know, I could totally see why they would want to do this movie. Oh, I, I can too. I, and it kind of brings to mind a month or two ago, I watched the special with Paul McCartney and Ringo uh, that was made, I think, in 2014. And they're, they're amazingly talented. I was surprised at how talented Ringo is when he got out from behind the uh, drums. He's got a wonderful voice. Oh, yeah, they're all just incredibly creative geniuses in their own rights, but together, you know, it was incredible. No kidding. Um, this, was, this movie came out in 1968, and MTV was launched in 1980, which is 12 years later. Uh, but so much of this movie reminded me of things that we'd see on MTV in the early days. Oh, the music segments, yes. Oh, yeah, even like the animation style that they had used and some of the music videos that they would play. and So to me, this was a real forerunner to music television as it came to be known in, in the 80s. Once again, it's a, it's a huge compliment to the Beatles and their creative genius to have that impact. I, I was thinking, like, you know, when they went to Pepperland, I was reading about the different places they went. They went through the Sea of Time. Hang, I love the Sea of Time when... They turn into little kids, and then they're yes. talking about how if they continue, they're going to just disappear into nothingness. And, and then, then they go the other way. And then I think it's Paul or one of them like pushes the the clock to to go the other direction, and then they turn into old men. 
Yeah. And, and they, their beards are and then they, gigantic. And then they sing that song when I'm 64. I love that song. Hey, look at Ringo. Ah, oh dear. Oh, we're all the same. Saying I'll take delinquents. And I can hear my beard growing. We better do something. When I get older, losing my hair, many years from now. Will you still be sending me a valentine? Birthday greetings, bottle of wine If I'd been out till quarter to three Would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me? When I'm 64 And uh, I just thought that Some of the, when they would do some of the singing I would get goosebumps because it was like So perfectly matched with the animation and and some of those songs are just so well written when you listen to the lyrics and uh just loved that part well then they go to the sea of science and the sea of monsters on their journey to pepperland yeah the sea of monsters was one of the more bizarre segments i thought yes yeah, no kidding <laughs> and then it was was it the sea of holes after that sea of nothing oh the sea of nothing wait that's where they meet uh nowhere man right uh yes it is yes it is yeah i like that part too so yeah one of the monsters sucks up the background remember that i know yeah and then then it's just a white background and the submarines floating around in the white background and then they get out of the ship because their engine isn't working anymore and they find that guy mr nobody the nowhere man yeah yeah the nowhere man and he fixes their engine and he just talks in the most Weird, babblish, pseudo-scientific... <laughs> you speak English? Old English, middle, a dialect, pure. Well, do you speak English? You know, I, I'm not sure. He's so smart, he doesn't even remember what he knows. Hey, why don't we show him our motor? Should we really show him our motor? He may not have seen one before. Turboprop supercombustible spring. Metrocyclonic and stereophonic. <laughs> this motor, I see, has a broken-down thing. He fixed it. He fixed it. Great, let's go. It reminds me of a comedian who just turned uh, 101, I think, Professor Irwin Corey, who was huge on television and records in the 50s and 60s and 70s. He had that same lingo that was like, what is is he talking about? I think they were making fun of, like, pseudoscience type jargon and babble and... And before they leave the sea of nothing, Ringo feels sorry for the nowhere man. So he invites the nowhere man to join him on their on their journey. The nowhere man was great, and I love that song. The footnotes for my 19th book. This is my standard procedure for doing it. And while I compose it, I'm also reviewing it. A boob for all seasons. How can he lose? Will you notice it's good? It's my policy never to read my reviews. There must be a word for what he is. He's a real nowhere man Sitting in his nowhere land And then they get to the foothills of the headlands Lucy in the sky with diamonds, which is a favorite of mine And then they get to the sea of holes Ah, yeah, that was really weird and those those awful blue meanies <laughs> with their really bad-looking blue dogs with 800 teeth in their mouth. 
Those those things were scary. Yeah, there was the dogs. There was the the glove, the gloves. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that really reminded me of Monty Python. Oh, totally, totally. And then there was sort of the leader of the Blue Meanies, and then there was like the the Blue Meanie minions, and then the people that would the really tall people that would pick the green apples. Yes, it was. It was like this is quite a trip for for. Uh, 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 an animation. I'm glad we did this one though, because it is, it is uh, completely different than uh, Snow White or any of the you know, any of the other Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty. It's... Yeah, I'm glad we did this one too, because the one that we're going to do next time, Fantastic Planet, is is weird, but it's more traditional animation. So it's kind of a blend of the two. It, it should be a good contrast between these movies that we've watched so far. I was I was intrigued by the the leader of the Blue Meanies, where you could never say yes. All right. That land is a tickle of joy on the blue belly of the universe. It must be scratched, right, Max? Yes, your blueness. What? We Meanies only take no for an answer. Is that understood, Max? No, your blueness. That's better. Are <laughs> oh, the troops in readiness? No, your blueness. The bonkers? No. Clowns? No. Snapping turts? No. Anti-music missiles? No. The dreadful flying glass? No. Splendid. <laughs> and the one guy says yes, and he just bonks him by the head and pounds him down. That poor guy got the message. Uh, then after the sea of holes, let's see. Well, then they arrive in Pepperland, don't they? Well, let's, uh, uh, while searching for Jeremy, Ringo jumps onto a green hole, which turns the sea of holes into the sea of green. Oh, right, right. And then they arrive in Pepperland, followed by Old Fred and the submarine. Old Fred was kind of different. Yeah, old Fred was was funny. He was the only one who could get out of there. I thought it was interesting that nobody believed that the blue meanies were coming. You know, like I know he was the only one who was like, "Blue meanies are coming, and we gotta you know get out of here." That we could spend uh, quite a bit of time discussing that whole se- segment on people not believing the blue, blue meanies. It could have all kinds of meanings politically. Oh, I, but I, I I absolutely think that was on purpose too. Yeah, I, I guess we probably better not do that, or we'll go over we, our. We don't have half enough hour. time. We could write. And a, we'll, we'll get ourselves so confused. We'll we'll have to get our own submarine. We could, and there's probably has been college level uh, papers written about that. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, with this, no kidding. So then they arrive in Pepperland, and the way I love the way that they defeat the Blue Meanies through music. Yes, and positive, uh, upbeat love. behavior. Music and love, love right? Yeah. All we need yeah. is love, and then they have that whole segment where love defeats the, the gloves and how they turned glove into love.
Nothing to the can't be done Nothing you can sing that can't be sung Nothing you can say but you can learn how to play the game It's easy The blue meanies are forced to retreat, and the chief blue meanie tries to save face by getting rid of Jeremy, but Jeremy performs some transformational magic. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Causing the meanie to sadly concede defeat. And Jeremy is, is the nowhere man. He's That's, that's the name. The they give him man. the name Jeremy for some reason. <laughs> it's probably somebody they knew yeah. in real life. Uh, Jeremy had quite a bit of power. I'd love to get a t-shirt with Jeremy on it. I think that'd be great. I'll bet there's a website for this where there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, for sure. And the chief blue meanie has a change of heart, partly due to the transformation magic, and accepts, you know, being a nicer person. And, and all the people that had been turned blue come back to life, and they start yeah. dancing, and the color returns to Pepperland. And... The colors are so vibrant. We watched the restored version because did you did you notice in some of the behind the scenes uh, videos how washed out the color was? It, it was yes, yeah. So yes. The rest, they went back and digitally restored it and uh, remastered the music, and it it looks so good now. It really does. Uh, then I liked at the uh, end where the uh, Beatles actually come on for I don't think it's very long, maybe five six minutes at the most. Showing off their souvenirs from their trip. John's got his... Uh, uh, spyglass. Spyglass, yes. He's, and they're all so happy. Paul has a little love. Catchy tune, that. I can't seem to get it out of my head. Don't shake it. That's what we've been doing all night. Oh, yeah, it was a great party. Ooh, and we brought back lots of lovely souvenirs. Here is the motor. And I've got a little love. And I've got a hole in my pocket. Oh. A hole? Well, half a hole anyway. I gave the rest to Jeremy. What can he do with half a hole? I fix it to keep his mind from wandering. You know what I liked about that scene was that they all just genuinely seemed happy. Yes. You know, because I know yep. that they, they had some troubles later, and I love that because they all just seemed like buddies that had just made this movie, and they were just so happy about it. And it was so early yet in their careers... And they genuinely seemed relaxed yeah. and kind of equal with one another. There didn't seem to be one, at least in that segment, one uh, dominant person, although I think that maybe later came to the fore, but I, I, I'd be making that up if I said I knew. Well, and I thought it was interesting how they introduced each of the, each of the Beatles when they were first getting them together to go on this trip. When we meet Ringo, I think he's the first one. He's kind of wandering around Liverpool, and it's all gray and... He goes into this house and the, what was the guy's name that was piloting the submarine at the beginning? Well, let's, let's go with the old man, but that's... Yeah. Well, he's sort of the captain of the submarine and he knocks on the door and says, help, help, the blue meanies, the blue meanies. And he just talks gibberish, but Ringo seems to understand him and says, oh, all right, we'll help you. Let's get the gang together. And then they go through those corridors where there's like a hundred doors. I know. Is it George? They, George is sort of revealed uh, this like with this Indian music, and then Paul is introduced as sort of uh, this classical musician who's got this big cravat, and 
<laughs> yeah, he looked, he looked right. Yeah, I and remember then, that. He's and then John, different. John was introduced. I forget how John was introduced. Oh no, he was Frankenstein's monster. Remember that? Yeah, he, <laughs> yes. he drinks that potion and he gets transformed. That was awesome. <laughs> and then they had a reference to King Kong, where they opened a door and the King Kong is is there, and and they say something like, "Oh, we seem to be in, in, interrupting something here." <laughs> But I think that the gentleman's name from earlier was Old Fred. Old Fred, yeah. Old yeah. Fred. But I, the, uh, I liked how the, they the, made each each of the band members uh, unique and, and distinct totally with the, unique. their pants and the, what they wore and their eyes were each different. I, I, I like that part. There's a there's kind of an interesting story about the uh, people that did the uh, voices of the in the film because those were actors and not the real Beatles. And one of the gentlemen, and I forget his name now, so I better not say it for fear I might get it wrong, had to be taken off of the credits and removed from the film because it turned out he was a deserter from the British Army of the Rhine in Germany. And they just, and it was discovered that he was doing this work, and they came and took him away. <laughs> I wish oh I could remember his name, but oh my that, seems so, that seems so in vogue with the rest of the movie. Did 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 they keep him his voice? Did they keep his work? They had to have one of the other uh, voice people fill in. Oh my gosh! I, I think it was whoever started out doing George was then replaced with another person doing George. But I may not have that right. But uh, I mean, you can't make that up. I'm That's... sorry, you can't do this anymore. You're a deserter. You're a deserter. <laughs> Wow, that's just perfect for yeah what was going on at the time. I, wow. I found that when I yes, that it's it really is. I found that when I was looking at some of the background on it. So um, rating this film <laughs> is, <laughs> is I have I have uh, two ratings. I know we don't have two ratings, but I made this exception. I give it a ten for the music because I love the Beatles. Yeah. And I give it an eight for the story and the animation. So I guess if we average those without waiting either, it would be a nine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it, I, I did the same thing without talking to you about it. I gave it a ten for the scenes where they were singing and had the music. I went even lower for the story. <laughs> I was like, it was like a five. <laughs> I think I was swept up in the. Uh, remembrance i had of the of the 60s and 1968 and how so much of what they were doing was so current to the time where everything was just like a trip and it seemed like the world was out of control i'm not sure who the blue meanies represented from 1966 through 68 but i have some ideas <laughs> but i i won't go there either well i think just the most general representation would just be like the establishment right like the establishment yeah yeah that was when they had a saying don't believe anybody over 30 there was that, that was floating around that remember there was a scene in uh planet of the apes when charlton heston at the very end is talking to the young ape yes and, and yes. he says something like keep waving the flag yes and he's like what flag is that and he says the flag of discontent or something discontent. like that and guess what year that came out? 1968. 68, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. It was, it, was a, it was a different time for sure. I, I do love the movie, though. I, for having not ever seen it before, I watched the music parts uh, a second time, as, you know, kind of fast-forwarding through the, uh, the film. 
So next week. Next week, Fantastic Planet, released in 1972. It's a foreign film, at least for people that live in the United States or any place other than France, uh, because it was a French film. It won a bunch of awards in the Cannes Film Festival uh, that year. And the animation style is more traditional, but the story is pretty out there. So I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on that one next time. I'm looking forward to watching that. I have not seen that one either. In fact, I don't think I've seen more than maybe three or four animations from France in my life. This may have been one of them, but it may have been so long ago I don't remember. Well, it'll be fun. Well, it's been fun as always, and... uh... And by then you'll be back from the mountains of Idaho and Wyoming. Yeah, back to Seattle. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, We'll be back next time with Fantastic Planet. And until then, this is Matt Johnson coming to you from Victor, Idaho. And Bob Johnson in Los Angeles wishing you great movie watching. Hey, look at John, will ya? What's the matter, John, love? Blue meanies? Newer and bluer meanies have been sighted within the vicinity of this theatre. There's only one way to go out. How's that? Singing! One, two, three, ah! One, two, three, four, can I have a little more? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I love you. A, B, C, D, can I bring my friend to tea? E, F, G, H, I, J, I love you. Boom, 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 sail the ship. Boom, 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 jump the tree. Boom, boom, skip the rope. Boom, 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 look at me. Ready. All right. I'm awake. I've had my three cups of coffee, so I'm dangerous. Oh God! <laughs> three already. <laughs> I, I've been I've been buying carrot coffee from Amazon, and the name of the coffee is Jet Fuel. Jeez. Oh, it, it was made especially originally for a, a pilot on uh, one of the airlines, I think Continental Airlines, and he liked it so much and promoted it so much they made it a brand. Oh my gosh. It's made by the coffee people, I think, in Portland. <laughs> it's got more octane than uh, premium gas. <laughs> okay, well, like, we'll try uh, to hold it. We'll try to hold it together this morning. <laughs> oh no! I hope you have a wonderful day. Oh, it's going to be good.